going on everybody welcome to another episode of your intention matters the podcast my name is still paul madad thank you very much for freeing up the time i have andrea mortar she is vp sales at get beyond andrea thanks for being here absolutely thank you for the invite paul i really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you i'm looking forward to this now listen i'm looking at your linkedin profile here i want to make sure i get this right this is in your headline VP of sales at Get Beyond, doer of things that need to be done, wearer of many hats, lover of all things sales and people, champion of coaching cultures. That's yeah, a lot. All of that applies. <laughs> I actually, I changed the uh, doer of things that need to be done because uh, I had somebody ask me a, a question about was I really doing the, as a VP, you need to go out and do an install. And I was like, I just do the things that need to be done. And I decided that should be in the headline. Well, I look forward to it. Do me a favor, say hi to everybody, provide a quick intro, and then we'll jump into your story. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. I'm Andrea. I, again, like you said, I'm the VP of sales. I live in Virginia on the coast near Virginia Beach. I'm a mom to two little ones and I love all things sales and coaching people. Love it. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And so Andrew, you know, we were speaking before we, the red light went on here and I was talking about the title of the podcast is Your Intention Matters. And it's really built off of my belief that nothing is really given to any of us. And most of us in the world of sales never thought we'd even be in this you know, spot where we are. And yet here we are. And so with that said, I'm looking forward to you sharing your story. Are you ready to go? Sure. All right, good. So we, we go back in time with this podcast a little bit. So let's go back to let's go back to your high school, late teens. Where'd you go to school? And what did you have any thoughts about what you'd be doing at this point in your life? Any vision at the time? Yeah, so um, I went to Warwick High School in Newport News, Virginia, and at that time, I think I, I was just really concerned with, you know, how I was going to piece it all together to, to make a, a good future. I don't think I had figured out really what I wanted to do in the traditional sense. I did think for a while that I wanted to work with kids, like maybe preschool teacher, daycare type of thing. Um, after I had my daughter, that didn't, didn't seem quite as fun. Did you ever pursue? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. It's hard enough with your own kids, the ones that you love like the most in the world. Yeah. And yet it's someone else's kid, right? Exactly. So did you ever pursue that at all? You know, I did. I, when I moved to Florida, I moved to Florida briefly um, when I was 17 and I worked at a my gym facility. Some of the listeners might be familiar with that. It's kind of like a, like a jungle gym type of thing for toddlers. Oh, cool. Yeah, and how long fun. did you, and so you were at 17 and where in Florida were you living? Um, Boynton Beach. So a little bit south of West Palm. Okay, great. Okay, good. So you tried that. It wasn't for you. And so when would you say was your first, I guess, really working experience once you realized, okay, so schooling is done. Now it's like, I, I have to earn a living and kind of get out there. 
Yeah. So I moved out on my own when I was 16. Um, and I originally started working in sales. Then I worked for a timeshare call center, um, and progressed really quickly there. I actually really liked it. It was fun and competitive. It was a lot of high energy in the phone room and lots of contests going on. And I was promoted to be a, a closer there, which really was the person who took the $75 credit card payment for the free trip that you won. Right. <laughs> and so did you take to that right away? Was it a, a bit of a learning curve for you to, I know, even the beginning part as also well as being moved over to a closing role? You know, I, I think it immediately spoke to just kind of my creative and competitive nature that, you know, I wanted to be good at it fast. So mm. I don't, I don't think I was good at it fast, but I think my drive to want to get better at it really quickly. And I just was so competitive that I wouldn't hang up the phone, you know, like I wanted to get more dials in than anybody else. And I, I wanted the bonus plan. So I think I just, you know, dug in with both heels. Like I was able to make some big impacts that way. Where do you think the competitive nature uh, comes from for you? You know, I have no idea. I guess it's just innate. Maybe I was just born that way. I, I don't know. You know, it's funny that you say that because, you know, oftentimes sales, listen, let, let's be honest with this. It's so black and white, like there's no hiding. When you're having a great month or a great quarter, everybody knows it. And if you got goose eggs up on the board, like everybody knows it, right? That's why some people, they can't hack it because it's so transparent. It's, there's, this is not essay writing here. This is math. It's like one plus one is two. It says you either get the answer right or you don't. There's no fudging with this long elongated answer. It's either yeah. you're over plan or you're not, right? Absolutely. And so, so you took to it pretty well. It sounds like you had some fun in that job and yet you're not there doing that anymore. And so what was next for you? Was it your call? Was it theirs? Or like what happened? Oh my goodness. Um, so many things happened since then. So from there, I think I moved to Florida after that job. So that was in Virginia. Um, and then I moved to Florida. I did lots of different things there. I worked a little bit in real estate, helping out with a real estate office. I helped with some coordinating and a little bit of sales. I didn't love that. Um, yeah. I mean, I did several other things. I even tried car sales for a little while before I ended up running one of my family's restaurants. And then that translated into the payments industry. So, I mean, there's probably... 25 jobs between the timeshare oh. role and the payment space. All right. So let's, let's, let's talk about the three industries that you just touched on. So you were in the car industry, the real estate industry, and the restaurant industry. I mean, those three are highly competitive, yeah. like highly, they're, they're tough to, tough to make an inroads, tough to turn a profit. And so uh, your decision to, to join the family business and, and help out and run one of the restaurants, uh, what, did they ask you, did you want to do that? Was it fun? Did you enjoy it? What was that experience like working in the restaurant? Um, I was pregnant with my daughter and I had moved back from Florida and decided that 
it just made sense. My family ran restaurants my whole life. Uh, my father was kind of trying to get out of the restaurant industry, moved mm. towards retirement. And it just seemed like the right thing to do at the time. Uh, did I like it? I, I would say at the time I loved it. Um, mm. It was, it was challenging. Like you said, it was taking kind of the, the old regime and and moving to kind of a, a newer vibe and being able to get it a little more friend. We're in kind of a college town these days. So kind of bringing more of that into the business and trying to reinvigorate things. I mean, I think at the time I really enjoyed it. Uh, when I transitioned out, I was really glad that I was doing that as well. So did you transition ways. into a, into a traditional sales role, like an account executive, uh, BDR sales rep role anywhere? No. So None. I have never worked in the BDR AE model. I find okay. it a little fascinating. Honestly, I listen to a lot of podcasts and going in a lot of networking things where they're in those models. And it's interesting. Um, I transitioned to 1099, 100% commission outside B2B cold brass knuckles. Sales. Yeah. I love it. You know, my first uh, kick at the can in the sales role was was like, you know, I was working for Xerox, but I was working for a Xerox dealership agency and it was 100% commission. I mean, they offered a draw, but to me, the draw was it was just a loan. Like I'd have to pay it back anyway. So I never really wanted a part of that. And it was either, you know, you know, pardon the visual here, but it was kill or be killed. I mean, quite frankly, it was very 30 day driven and it was like you either sell stuff and you eat that month or or you don't. And and it took me a while to figure it out, but I loved it once I kind of turned the corner. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I always I use that that phrase still today. It's an eat what you kill business. Um, yeah. And I think something about the the challenge of that. And I liked the entrepreneurial side of it from the beginning that it was 1099. You know, I went from car sales. I actually, after I left the restaurant industry, I tried car sales. That was my least favorite of any sales role I've ever had. It was like, stay here in this box right. and wait for something to happen. Walk through the door. Like I, that drove me nuts. I just like, I wanted to Windex things. I needed something to do really bad. So um, transitioning to the outside sales, it was like, I made my own marketing materials. I decided where I was going today. I decided who I wanted to go after. So it was really like building my own business under that model. And I loved it. Um, and I love the payment space in general. I think it's a, if you do it the right way, it can be a really, you're selling something people. Oh, really it's, it's totally, to me, it's, it's the most amazing job in the world. It's the highest and lowest paying paid in the job in the world, of course, but depending on what you do, but Andrew, I want to ask you a question here. So you, you, you touched on the fact that you've had multiple experiences in multiple different companies over the years. Um, how long were you uh, an individual contributing salesperson, whether it be a 1099 or an employee somewhere? How long, how long will you say you were actually just that individual salesperson? How many years? Combined? Yeah. Um, 12. So 12 years. Okay. So 12 years, you're, you're on your own responsible for your results and your lifestyle based on the results that you bring in. 
What was behind the decision to actually move into a into a sales leadership role? Because they're totally different jobs. Yeah. Like it's like they're not even close. There are so many people who who have it in their head. Well, I'm I'm going to be a BDR. I'm going to be an account executive. Then I'm going to be a sales manager. Then I'm going to be and it's like they're all just totally different job, different skill sets, different mindsets, different everything. And so what was behind the decision to move into your first, you know, managerial leadership type of position? It's a really, I love this question, Paul. Um, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that my experience from managing my family's restaurant, I mean, I had 35 employees at one point there. That's a lot. It's a lot. Right. Yeah. And I managed all of the inventory. And, you know, so I felt like, well, now I've got this, you know, six years of of selling this product experience and I have this management experience. These are going to go hand in hand and it's going to work great. Right. Um, and I would say my first six months was a real struggle to wrap my head around why these same things don't apply. But sales leadership is not. Uh, retail management. It's two totally different worlds. Totally different. And so who gave you your first shot at, at a leadership role? A person or no, the company beyond. Oh, get beyond. Okay, good. So, so did you, did you join the company as a sales leader or as an individual contributor? As an individual contributor. Okay. All right. Um, did you resist that at first? Were you questionable about, do I want to do this? Or did you kind of raise your hand and say, Hey, look at me. No. So I took the, the um, position at Beyond with the intention of moving into management. It was kind of a, a prove yourself scenario. Gotcha. Okay. And you mentioned that it was what, you know, six months was a learning curve. To, it, as soon as you said that, I thought, well, I, you know, I, I was a sales manager at Xerox and highly ineffective, like just completely ineffective because my way was, and I, I, I didn't mean to, to be this way, I just, I didn't know any better. My way was, well, Andrew, this is the way I did it in territory. So you should do it this way, which is just like the worst thing you can do. Right. I just was so totally ineffective. So anybody listening, if you're on my team at any point in another lifetime at Xerox, apologies for not being a better leader and a better builder for you. But um, so, but you obviously turn the corner because you're still in a, in a significant leadership role. And so um, still happy doing that. I am. I love it. You know, I moved from a team lead, which was a player coach role. I did that briefly. And then a director role um, and then a VP of sales role. So it's been a lot of, you know, the same thing that you're saying about transitioning from being in sales to leading salespeople. I think, again, you think, okay, well, now if I've done a sales leader role, of course, I can teach other leaders to do a sales leader role. And that's again, like this another, it's another massive leap that you take where you're like, wow, like I've, you can't do exactly what you just said. You can't say, just do exactly what I did. It's going to work right? because everybody's so different and it doesn't, it doesn't work. What you did most likely play by play is not going to work exactly the same way for someone else. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And so Andrea, when did you uh, accept and start the the VP of sales role at Beyond. January of 2020. Right oh, <laughs> about six weeks before the world shut down. Okay, yeah. so let's talk yeah. about that then. So, 
Great timing. Uh, you obviously were not new to the company, but you're in a new role, which takes on a, a whole different responsibility. And then something completely outside of your control um, happens. And so other than you know, the, maybe the work from home stuff that maybe, I don't know how Get Beyond is set up if you were remote or not, but other than everybody having to work from home, how did COVID impact you in that role? Did you have to lay people off? Was it a bad thing for your business? Did you flourish under COVID? Like what, what happened during your, call it the first year of you being in this new role while managing this global pandemic? So I think it was a lot of catch 22s, right? Um, we all did work from home already. We were all remote. Okay. So I think that was a huge advantage for us, right? We weren't trying to figure out how you motivate a all, you know, spread out team. We, right. we kind of had that flow already. So I think that was helpful. Um, we are in outside B2B visit small business sales. Uh, so that part was definitely a challenge. Yeah. And I think there was, you know, differences in opinions across the board about how they wanted to continue to manage um, their own book of business and their leads. And, you know, we tried really hard as a company and um, on, on the Southeast team that I lead to meet people where they were at. You know, I mean, I think that's what it was all about. And if they wanted to pivot and started doing, you know, the majority of their prospecting online, we tried to roll things out and, and really support them that way. If they were still continuing to want to go meet with owners um, out in the market, then we tried to support them that way. Um, and a lot of business owners still had to be in their business. So yeah. it was a catch 22, I think, in that way. Um, also, we rolled out some really cool stuff that I, you know, I'm not going to dig into all of that, but I think there were big advantages that we had during COVID because businesses needed ways to take payments over the phone, online ordering, things that we offer. So right. there was advantages um, that if we were able to get that stood up fast enough that we were able to work and actually help the businesses in our communities for them to face the pandemic. And I, I imagine, and you keep me honest here, but you know, we're two years into this thing. I imagine that you guys have figured it out, uh, you know, how, how to do this in this environment at this point. I, I think we're all always figuring out the new normal, right? I mean, I think if anybody says I've got it all figured out, we should, you know, maybe our spidey senses should go up because maybe. like, maybe. Figured out, I feel like is a bit aggressive. Like, do we have a plan? Is it working? Are we doing well? Absolutely. But I mean, we're always figuring new things out every day and continuing to try to adapt and be agile. Yeah. So Andrea, I mean, this has been a, a great conversation with you. I mean, if we if we go through, let me just see if I can recap this because there's, there's a lot in here. So we start off in kind of your high school days. You, you moved from, you were in Virginia, then you moved to Florida, right? Correct. Right. Okay, good. So you, you, you attempted maybe some early childhood, uh, childhood, child care stuff. It didn't, wasn't for you. It's a good thing. You moved to Florida, 25 jobs in between. You start off in, um, what did you say? You said it was, the, the name is escaping me now. The um, timeshares. Thank you. Timeshares. You get into the restaurant game. You go back to Virginia. A lot of different jobs there. You get into the 1099. I mean, that's brass knuckles. It's, it is what it is. There's not, not that a base salary 
makes it any easier. But it usually just it allows you to keep the lights on that month in case you're having a you know a tougher time closing business. Ten ninety nine, you're out there, et cetera, et cetera. You become a mom two two times over, right? Yes, they're right? seven years apart, but yes, seven years apart. Okay, so your mom twice over. You 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 figure it out as being an individual salesperson. You find get beyond, and then they give you an opportunity to become a sales leader. And that, as I said, and we've acknowledged, it's a totally different job, which requires a completely different skill set. You you jump into the ring, and then about two months later, the world shuts down, and you go, okay, well now how do I figure this out? And obviously, you have, and you were still building along. And so, congrats on everything you've been able to create up until this point. It's amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, it's the most fun when we're trying to figure out something new. I think the challenge is what makes it fun. Yeah. You know, listen. I, I know you said you're in Virginia. Uh, whereabouts in Virginia uh, do you hang your hat? Um, Smithfield area. So it's between Williamsburg and Virginia beach, uh, off the James river, like just a, it's a little small town. You know, the reason why I ask is because when I worked at Xerox, uh, their main, when I was a trainer there, their main facility used to be in, uh, in Lansdowne, which is just outside of Leesburg, Virginia. So I used to go down there. It was like a three year period, like almost once a month. And so I got to know Dulles very well. And, oh. and it was, is it the Larry? No, the, the, um, what's the highway, the highway seven at the Pike, uh, the, the, the Larry, no, the, uh, the Harry bird, uh, Tyson's know, corner. You're talking like DC area. And I oh, tried not all my you? might to avoid the DC area. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it and giving me the opportunity to share my story. Yeah, it was my pleasure. So thanks again for being here and thanks everybody for listening. We're going to wrap up this episode right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result we'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. Thanks for joining.